Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's program, you can learn more about us, our free events, how to donate, the podcast, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and the first part of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Building Wisely. take your Bible if you have one, if you have some other device, and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 10 through 23. We're talking about building wisely. 1 Corinthians 3 will begin at verse 10. Recently at Pastor Michael's house, we had a pipe break uh, underneath my sprinkler box near the front of my home. So I got a family member to come over. This is typically what I do. Uh, When something's broken, I don't know how to fix it, so (laughs) I got a a very gracious family member to come over. I I won't say his name right now (laughs) because I don't want to embarrass him. But anyway, as digging was going on and I was leaning on a shovel overseeing the uh, situation, (laughs) all of a sudden, the foundation of our home was exposed. And uh, it wasn't a bad thing. It just... Where this was positioned and where dirt was being dug up, not by me, by somebody else. It was was commented, hey, that's the foundation of your house. And it was, you know, cement that was very thick. And uh, it was like, oh, that's interesting. It's not often that you get a look at the foundation of your house, right? It's, It's not often that you get a look. Maybe some of you do. I don't know if you do this in your free time, but that you get a look at what's underneath your home, your physical home, but we're going to make the jump to your spiritual home or your life itself. See, one of the most important things that you can understand about your life is really the foundation of it. What's, what's at the bottom of it? What's holding up your life? Well, in this case, as I looked at this slab, it was pretty impressive. It looked strong, just like a foundation needs to look. It's not something I often think about. I may have talked about it before, but when you get a a visible view of the foundation of what's holding up your home, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting thought. Well, we're going to talk about building wisely today. We're going to talk about the fact that the Apostle Paul, in addressing the Corinthian church, is going to talk to them about foundations. And right out of the gate, I just want to ask you, and maybe you can be quick to answer this question, and maybe this is not, maybe you're not certain, and that's okay if you're not right now. But I want to ask you this question, what is your foundation? Truly, what's your foundation? Of your life, of your ministry, of your marriage, can you say that I'm building on the right foundation? Jesus, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, talked about two different people. He said, there are people who hear my words and they act upon them and they're like a person who built his house upon, remember, the rock. And the wind comes and the storm comes and it beats against that house and that house stands because it's been well built. I'll show you another kind of person. It's the person who hears the same sermon but does not act upon it. That person is like a person who built their house where? upon the sand. And when that same storm comes and the same winds blow, that house falls 
and great is its fall. Jesus, at the end of the most famous sermon perhaps ever preached, and I think it is, ended with foundations. And he said, look, there are two kinds of people. Both hear my messages. One acts upon it, one does not. One builds upon a rock, the other one builds upon sand. And that's essentially what your life's going to come down to. You're going to have to ask the question, what am I truly building on? What is my foundation as an individual? We're talking about the fact that many scholars, contemporary scholars, believe that those words in Matthew 7, if you want to write it down, 24 through 27, have to do with the final wind of judgment, the storm of judgment that will beat against a person's life, if you will. And whether or not they stand in the judgment on the final day will be all about this. What did you build on? Did you build on Christ? or on something else. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.10, according to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building upon it, 1 Corinthians 3.10, but let each man be careful how he builds upon it. Now when Paul came into Corinth, and he was there for some 18 months, he planted a church in a very cosmopolitan city. He had given them a metaphor in verse 9, take a peek uh, in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, which was agricultural, which, you know, in that day, many people could relate to. But in Corinth, probably more so to an architectural metaphor. But look at verse 9 for a second. It says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field. And then he transitions from agriculture to architecture, God's building. And then he continues with the building metaphor using the idea that he was a wise master builder. See the phrase master builder there? In the New American Standard, it's a single Greek word. It's where we get the word architect. If you do a little homework on the word, they say that the word is not necessarily that Paul was saying that he was the architect of the church. He is not. Jesus said, I will build my church. Matthew 16, 18. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against my church. Jesus is the architect of the church. But as a master builder, Paul said, I took the plans of the master, if you will, and like a general contractor, I am executing the plan. Now, a general contractor, if you've ever been involved in building projects, and some of you are in this very position or have been in the past, a general contractor will take the plans of an architect and put a team of people in place in their areas of expertise to build a building project. When we bought this building, this building was built, it was a shell, but it needed to be finished. And, and electrical and plumbing and paint and all these different areas needed to be taken care of. And so there was a general contractor who kind of put the subs in place, if you will, but then each one worked in their area of expertise. And it was amazing to watch these guys do what they do because they're extremely good at what they do. And whether it was the plumber or the electrician or someone who was doing the lighting or whatever it, it may be, each area, I was personally impressed with each area how good these guys are. But they were taking plans that were drawn up by someone else and executing the plan. The plan for the church has been drawn up. God has general contractors, if you will, 
but he also has subs. And the subs come in and they do their individual parts. And when we look at the, the body metaphor in 1 Corinthians 12, we'll see how Paul will use the human body as another way to communicate this same truth. We are in this together. We are building something. The foundation's been laid. The foundation is immovable. There is no other foundation. Look at verse 11. For no man, 1 Corinthians 3.11, can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is, would you mark it? Jesus Christ. No man can lay a foundation other than the one that has been laid, which is Jesus. Now, implied in verse 11 may be that some attempt to do so, and certainly we would admit that that is the case. There are people who are building on foundations other than Christ. There are people who deny the biblical Christ. There are people who say you could build on something else besides Jesus. Maybe Jesus isn't the answer. Maybe there could be three or four different foundations upon which you would build. That may be ideas that are out there. That may be spiritual ideas or religious persuasions that exist in the marketplace of ideas. But the fact is this. My Bible says there's one foundation. It's been laid. Jesus Christ has come to the world. He has died for the sins of the world. He has risen from the dead in the very history in which we now live. And the question is, will you build your life upon him or not? Will you do it God's way or not? Some of you who are in building uh, jobs know about building codes. Building codes can certainly be a pain. <laughs> it seems like you need a permit for everything. But building codes exist, and usually this is why codes and rule books exist in every area of life, to keep tragedies from happening. For example, we have building codes to make buildings safe in case of earthquakes, right? And so a building might have to be, you know, extra stuff is done in order to protect it if there was a certain level of an earthquake. And if, you know, if you've been in Southern California for a while and the ground starts a rocking, it's always nice to know that the building was well built. It's nice to know that the structure is in place because in the ancient world and even today, there are multitudes of earthquakes that occurred and buildings collapsed and people died. You see, foundations really matter when tragedies occur, right? When storms come, earthquakes come, and the like. We want to make sure that things are well built. We want to make sure we're following the building code. Jesus Christ is the only foundation upon which we can build this superstructure of the church. If he is not the foundation, the building is going to fall. J. Vernon McGee, I think, was telling a story. He was in downtown L.A., and he had seen a pretty impressive building, and it looked great on the outside, but actually there was a sign on the building that it was condemned because the structure was questionable. It was, it, there was cracks in it and so forth. We don't want any cracks in the foundation. You see, all other human foundations are going to give way at some point. All buildings, if I can put that in quotes, at some point will give way. We look at humanity. We look at how weak and vulnerable we can be. So Paul, using the building analogy, says, 
in verse 12. If any man builds upon the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Being a parent is challenging enough with all the day-to-day stuff you experience. Waking your teen up, getting your little one to brush their teeth, Did you finish your homework? What college are you going to choose? As a Christian parent, you face an added challenge. The ideas your kids are learning at school, college, or from friends. Different ideas about life and how to live aren't bad, right? What if they contradict biblical values? How do you teach your kids? Natasha Crane is a national speaker, blogger, and author of three books whose passion is to equip Christian parents to raise kids with an understanding of how to make a case for and defend their faith in an increasingly secular world. Whether you have young kids or old kids, Natasha can give you practical answers you need. Pastor Michael Lance would like to invite you to our next free 633 event with Natasha Crane on Sunday, November 10th. Visit walkintruth.com, click on events to learn more. That's walkintruth.com, click on events. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. If he is not the foundation, the building is going to fall. J. Vernon McGee, I think, was telling a story. He was in downtown L.A., and he had seen a pretty impressive building, and it looked great on the outside, but actually there was a sign on the building that it was condemned because the structure was questionable. It was, it, there was cracks in it and so forth. We don't want any cracks in the foundation. You see, all other human foundations are going to give way at some point. All buildings, if I can put that in quotes, at some point will give way. We look at humanity. We look at how weak and vulnerable we can be. And so Paul, using the building analogy, says in verse 12, If any man builds upon the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Now, you got to build on the foundation. Each man should be, verse 10, look at the end of the verse, be careful how he builds upon it. The foundation is there, but now there is a call for being careful. Be careful how you live your life. Paul says, as a wise master builder, back in verse 10, I laid a foundation, I planted the church in Corinth, and another is building upon it. Here, I think he still has Apollos and himself in view. But let each man be careful how he builds upon it. Look at two key words. According to the grace of God, verse 10, uh, which was given to me, Paul says it's by grace. We're saved by grace. But grace here is the strengthening power of God. Anything that we will build, whether it's ministry, family, etc., will be done by the grace or the power of God. Paul Receive this word from Jesus in 2 Corinthians 12. My grace is sufficient for you. Grace in many contexts becomes a synonym for the power of God. So it's not just I'm saved by grace. That's huge. But it is about the power of God. My grace has to do with my power. So Paul says, look, I laid the foundation by the grace of God. And I want to be wise about how I build. I want to be a wise master builder. I want to build wisely. I want to be careful. Be careful how you walk, Ephesians 5.15 says, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of your time because what? The days are evil. 
Be careful how you live. Be careful how you build. The foundation's there, but you got to build carefully. And so each man, each woman, needs to be careful how they build. We don't want to build in carnality. Paul addressed the carnal man in chapter 2. We don't want to, uh, in chapter 3, he said, I can't speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal. We want to build wisely. We want to grow up. Psalm 127, verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Now, the passage is written to the church. And the church needs to hear this with fresh ears. Because what we have all over our country right now, and the world for that matter, is building projects, churches that are trying to be built with questionable foundations. The name of Jesus is mentioned very little in these places. It's all about entertainment, emotion, hype, you name it. But if you extract the foundation, if you lose sight of the one who is the center and core and substance of all that we do, you've lost your way. And I will tell you this, that churches that are not built upon the gospel of Jesus Christ will eventually be very wobbly, especially in tough times. Because not every Sunday is about jumping up and down and hollering and, and emotion. Sometimes it's just simply about sitting before the Lord and saying, Lord, we, we need to hear from you on this matter or this matter or this matter. And I, I look at the church in our world today and frankly, sometimes I'm, I'm just fearful for what I see. We need to get back to foundations. We need to get back to God's foundation and God's building materials. For no man, I don't care who you are, how slick you think your new ideas may be, can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I was reading a commentary on this, and one author said, if you're a Christian, uh, he's your rock. Christ provides two of the greatest longings of the human heart. Stability, true shalom, stability in your life, in every season, every storm, and relationships anchored in unity. Jesus Christ gives two of the most important longings of the human heart, true stability and anchor, uh, relationships anchored in true unity. Think about our world right now. How much do we need stability in our world? How much do we need true unity? Love. Things that will connect people you know, I think people who are outside the church today long for what happens here. And in fact, there are people who are trying to duplicate what exists in the church outside the church by removing the foundation of Christ. There are atheist churches. Did you know this? They meet in church buildings now abandoned, sadly, many of them in Europe. And they get together and they sing songs and they give talks and they hug each other and they share food. They, they have one thing missing. <laughs> they, they, they almost make it sound like it's fairly minor. We, we just don't have God there, but we do the rest of the stuff that the church does. <laughs> now, I, I've got news for you. I like you all. But if God was not the foundation of what we're doing, 
there's some good football games on this morning, right? <laughs> See, our unity springs from the foundation. We love each other because we are in Christ. We have eternal bonds that have yoked us together. That's why we're here. I'm here because He bought me. He called me. He gave me grace and gifts that I want to use to glorify Him and to bless His body. And so shaky foundations will not do. Wobbly foundations will not do. We must build the church upon Jesus and the Scriptures that teach about Jesus. Turn to the book of Romans for a second. Just a few pages back to Romans 15. Romans 15. Look at verse 15. Romans 15, 15. Paul's writing to the Roman church, a church that he longed to minister to, one that he did not found, but it says this, Romans 15, 15. But I have written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again because of the grace that was given me from God. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, 15, 16, ministering as a priest the gospel of God, that my offering of the Gentiles might become accept, acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about, round about as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And thus I aspired to preach the gospel not where Christ was already named, that I might not build upon another man's foundation. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and this was the first part of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Building Wisely. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment, but I'd like to remind you we have an opportunity to expand Walk in Truth to be on 13 more radio stations. The opportunity is a blessing, but airtime does cost money. The additional monthly cost will be $3,500. To grow in this way, we're asking for the commitment of 100 listeners to give $35 a month. That's just a little less than the cost of one dinner for two. If you can become a monthly partner or would like to give a one-time donation, please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com, click donate. Or you can call 844-48-TRUTH to give over the phone. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, over the years, I've talked to a lot of people who had to honestly say, man, I wasn't building on the right foundation. And sometimes they're talking about their marriage, but often they're talking about their walk. You see, there is no other foundation that could be laid except the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And some people are a little confused. They're like, well, is it God the Father? Is it God the Son? Can I just believe in God? Well, Jesus is God, and Jesus is who God sent. God the Father sent the Son to be the foundation of the church and the head of the church. And so Jesus is the one that we look to, to be our foundation, to build our walk upon, our marriage upon, if you're married, to make sure that you're building not on sand, but on rock. You know, Jesus told a story at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, where he talked about two kinds of people. One person heard his sermons, his teachings, and they didn't do anything with it. 
and they built on sand. And the other person heard the teachings and did something with it, acted upon it, and they built their house on rock. You know, if a storm comes and the winds blow, what would you prefer, a house built on sand or on the solid rock? Well, the answer is obvious. And the illustration is given to encourage and exhort us to build on the right foundation, and his name is Jesus. And he's the one that you and I need, and he's such a faithful and firm foundation. I'm just so grateful for his grace in my life, and I encourage you. If you've been building on a faulty foundation and and you've been reaping some consequences, get back today. Say, Lord, I want to build my life on you again. I want to build wisely. And man, he is so, so gracious to bring us exactly where we need to be. Hey, well, I want to thank those of you who attended our Harvest Fest last night. We had a great time. It's exciting to see the body of Christ come together and enjoy a night, celebrate the Lord, and celebrate the light of Christ. Hey, I also want to invite you to our services this weekend, 9 and 11, 15 a.m., in the Majestic Letter to the Galatians, Understanding Grace and Freedom in Christ. Services are at 9 and 11, 15 this weekend. We invite you to come on out. Download the Living Truth app in your app store. You can get information and directions or go to walkintruth.com. Be in church. Get in church this weekend. Come out to Living Truth. We'd love to have you, and we'll, we'll see you here. Have a great weekend. Tune in next week for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Building Wisely. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a blessed weekend, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Remember, it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.